You're listening to Dingin' Out, the podcast about wasting time in awesome ways. My name is David. You can find me taking contracts and killing monsters as Sandbox Quint. On today's episode, we're going to talk some Project 1999, as well as some EverQuest progression server, and of course, The Witcher 3. Today's date, Monday, May 25th, 2015, and this is episode number three. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope you all had a nice past couple of weeks. I definitely did. Got to do a lot of gaming. I even actually got to go to the movies for the first time in a long time. Had a little free time. Took the old lady out to see the new Mad Max movie, Mad Max Fury Road. Let me tell you what. If you get a chance to go see that film, go see it. It is definitely not two hours wasted. It's awesome. Worth your time and money. So today's show, we're going to do things a little bit differently than uh, how I have been previously doing it. Uh, And the only reason for that is, well, we'll get right into it. The news headline of the week is none other than the fact that The Witcher has been released. Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt is out. It's awesome. It's got a few bugs here and there. Nothing too bad. Nothing really game-breaking that I can tell. Um, Just an all-around good game. But... I'm not going to go too deep into that right now. I'm going to be saving the Witcher stuff for the main discussion topic of this episode. And I've actually enlisted some help for that. Because let's be honest, the Witcher 3 is just too big and too daunting to try and tackle alone. So I hope you guys stick around and I hope you enjoy that. Jumping right into the first topic of today, it's this week in 1999. Alright, so, picking up where we left off last episode, Project 1999, I've been playing my Shadow Knight, uh, if you recall, I got him up to, I believe, level 18, was doing some Kern's Tower and all that stuff. Well, I've been working on him, and finally, uh, finally making some progress here, I decided, by the time I hit about level 20... The steam in Kern's Tower just started started running out on me. Um, that's about where that zone caps out. So I decided it was time to go on an adventure. Time to get the heck off of Kunark. For an Ixar, this is no easy task. Because the thing is with Ixars, everyone else in the world hates you. So the ability to do any type of banking or selling or buying, or anything of that sort, your options outside of Kunark and outside of basically just Kabbalists are extremely, extremely limited. But I decided it was time for a change of scenery for a little bit, so I had the idea that I was going to take myself down to Guck. And what Guck is, it's a frog dungeon. It's on the mainland, and this place was my favorite zone Probably one of my favorite zones of all time in EverQuest. I I spent so many countless hours in that zone back when I used to play uh, my old Shadow Knight uh, on live servers back you know, in 2001 to 2003 um, when I was leveling him up. And, you know, just being an upper upper guck and lower guck is two different levels and the, and, and the, the monster level ranges uh, 
differ between the two. So Upper Guck is your starting your starting dungeon, and it's mainly kind of like the trolls starting area dungeon, but it's just such a great dungeon. So I had to really kind of look at this as a journey. I had to really think it out and plan it out because, like I said, my options for banking and, and buying are limited. So I had to make sure I had everything I needed and my bags, you know, make sure my bags were as empty as possible so I could hold loot and all that stuff. So I really approached this as I was, you know, packing up and moving and I wasn't going to be able to take a lot with me. So I ended up getting a, a, a port over to the East Commonlands, which is one of the main central kind of player hubs in Project 1999. And from there... I made my way to the northern desert of Roe and through the Oasis, which is south of that. And I found out that there is actually a vendor in Oasis, which is about halfway from East Commonlands to Guck, that you can buy and sell from. The prices are awful. They still hate you, but at least you can, you know, you can buy food and I think you can buy food. Yeah, you can buy food and all that stuff. So I made sure to stock up. I stocked up on food. I stocked up on bandages, I stocked up on drink, and then decided to continue on my journey. So keep going south, through South Row Desert, into Inothul Swamp, and that is where Guck is located off of. And it's basically a frog city. And you make your way in, and Upper Guck is sort of like the lower level areas of this. You can you can actually go from, I think, level 5 or 10 all the way up to level 35 in Upper Guck. And then Lower Guck is undead stuff, and it's a lot harder from like level 35 all the way to level 50. You can stay in there. So I've been spending some time in Guck. I ended up getting myself... You know, just sitting there killing monsters, killing killing frogs, and hanging out in, in like groups and stuff with people and having a good time. Um, I ended up getting myself all the way up to about level 24. I think that's where I'm at now. And then at that point, Guck started uh, running out of steam for me because it seemed like everyone wanted to group up for level 20 to 24-ish camps but the stuff that was deeper in upper guck that was the higher level stuff to go from you know 25 to 30 and 30 to 35 um there just wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of action in there so i decided that you know after spending all these times and and this is over the course of probably like a week and a half i stayed in there um so i hit level 24 started not getting xp for monsters and decided it's time to to make my way out of there for now and um, I decided to go back to Kunark to a zone called Warsilks Woods, which there's a giant fort there that is pretty good XP and very good money. Um, it's actually very good XP too. So that's where I'm going to be for now. Just uh, keep trucking along on the old Shadow Knight and and making some progress. Although it's starting, it's really starting to slow down now. I've noticed it. You know, the first ten levels went very quick. And then 10 to 20 was quite a bit slower, and 20 to 24 was really slow. And now it's just, uh, seems like it's rolling to a crawl. I don't even know, want to imagine what it's going to be like from 40 to 50 or 50 to 60. It's going to be very, very uh, slow going. But that's all right. Next up, you might have heard, if you follow any of uh, online gaming news websites or anything like that, Daybreak 
has finally um, they've launched their progression server uh, for EverQuest live for the main main game, man. Back to back to the original game. Um, so the way this works is they basically kind of rebooted a brand new server, start from the beginning, no expansions, um, but there are some differences from the way the game was originally in 1999. The XP is faster. I think it's probably about twice as fast as the game used to be, as, as Project 1999 is. Not only that, they have this the player shop in there, the cash shop, so you can buy XP potions and things like that, which I'm not super keen on, but you know what, whatever. At this point, I'm just like, I have free station cash, I might as well use it. So, got some of that. The other difference, main difference is that the new character models are still able to be used. So you don't have to use the old character models, although I do. I prefer the old character models. I kind of like them. They've, they've got a, a level of charm that the new ones don't have. And then also the zones. They did a, uh, years and years ago, they did a bunch of revamps on a bunch of zones, like the, the common lands, for instance. So east and west common lands were the, were the old zones, and now it's one big zone called the common lands and it's you know higher resolution textures and better tree models and all that kind of stuff so those are still in so it's definitely not the original experience but it's a chance to kind of make your way through the content in a time progress period in which it was released which is kind of cool and you know I originally said you know I wasn't gonna go back and I wasn't gonna play this but all my friends started playing it <laughs> and so you know, my friends list on, on Project 1999 for the time being is pretty empty, so I decided to make the jump and roll over there and just decide to mess around and play it for what it is. And it's actually been a lot of fun. I decided this time to roll a cleric because I'm already working on my Shadow Knight in 1999 and I don't want to have one, two, three, fourth Shadow Knight that I've played through. So I decided to go the complete opposite one of the most sit back and watch TV while you play type of classes, and that is the cleric. If you're in a good group with a good tank, and you just want to kick back and not really pay too much attention to the game, you can be a cleric or you can be a shaman. And uh, it's it's definitely a weird experience playing a healer. I've never played a healer in any game before. And uh, it's just, it's kind of a strange thing because I'm so used to like every instinct in my body or in my mind is telling me when the monster gets to the group to stand up and fight it and to bash it and to taunt it and to cast damaging spells on it and all that stuff. And with a cleric as a healer, it's like, I can't do that. I have to fight my instincts and I just got to sit down. All right, tank's getting a little low, stand up, toss a heal on him, sit back down, let your mana regen. And, uh, you know, sometimes things get a little bit crazy and I'm throwing heals all over the place or I have to stun something or, I, you know, if, if it's getting really slow, then I can, you know, stand up and do a little bit of nuking and throw out some damage. But, I, you know, if I'm if I'm throwing out damage, I never, I make sure to never let my mana get below 75% just as a rule because if if it hits the fan I need to be be sure that I've got enough mana to try and keep everyone alive it's it's kind of a weird thing because 
I've had a couple of people die on me in a group because I'm still trying to, you know, figure, learn it out and stuff. And, you know, sometimes someone will just pull aggro on something that's way too strong for them and, and they get killed pretty quick. But man, I feel awful when that happens. <laughs> I feel horrible. It's like, oh man, I'm so sorry I let you die. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. I don't know, but I've been having fun playing a healer. It's, it's, it's a different change of pace and it's nice. It's good to kind of just kick back and relax and not be super into whatever's going on. I don't have to pull, which is awesome because in EverQuest, you know, one of the, one of the group roles is puller. So your group will take, your group will sit down in a certain area uh, outside of a bunch of monsters. And then there's the designated puller and he just is, his whole job is to run out, grab a monster, bring it back to camp. When that thing gets about 10% health left, he runs out, goes grab another one, bring it out and the the old monster should be dead by the time the new one gets there and that's you know shadow knights tend to get that job a lot it's not one i'm very fond of um so it's nice to not have to ever even worry about that the other thing that is really awesome about playing a cleric is it is so easy to get a group everyone loves a cleric is it, you know on the shadow knight sometimes it can be hard because you know, you're not always in the highest of demands as a hybrid tank. Um, warriors tend to tend to be okay and get in groups. Um, Shadow Knights, you know, sometimes we're left on our own just to do some soloing and stuff because, uh, you know, there's just sometimes not the group spots open. But man, if you're a cleric and you throw that out there looking for group in, in the out-of-character chat or the zone chat, you know, you getting tells right away. Sometimes I'll get tells from two zones over, just like, hey, we need you, we need a cleric over here. You want to come heal for us? It's like, all right, yeah, I'll be there. And as a cleric, it also is kind of awesome in that, you know, I can go as a as a level eight, I can go group with a bunch of level elevens or twelves, killing that level of monster, and my level doesn't really affect the group. Maybe my mana pool might might be a little low, but for the most part, um, I get into groups that are higher level than me, in turn getting better, much better experience um, per hour, just kind of hanging out and keeping everyone alive. It's definitely a weird experience, but one that I'm glad that I'm kind of doing. So I, I've got my, my Dark Elf Cleric, just started leveling him up outside of the zone. It was kind of crazy. They've been having a lot of issues uh, just go into the server issues here. I don't know if they were expecting this many people to actually jump on board with this server, but ever since the server came out, I mean, the whole entire first day was shot. There was some bug that happened where people who were rolling a certain class uh, and race combo, I think it was a half-elf bard, were randomly roll like like rolling their characters and then popping in at level 50 with a bunch of high-level gear on them like everything maxed out it's you know so they had to basically take those guys down pull the server down figure out what was going on try and fix it and put it back up and test it so it was up and down all day long and they eventually the following day from the from the launch they they just said you know what this is too much we're just going to wipe the whole server start over tomorrow so they did that and then what happens is that you can't even get on the server you, they don't have a queue system they actually they're they're working on putting one in right now there might be it might be in by now but the server is just jam packed full of people and i don't like i said i don't know if they were expecting this to happen i'm sure it's a pleasant surprise i don't know what their server population caps are 
Uh, but I mean, being that you have to be a subscriber in order to play on this server, I, I almost wonder how many people just came back and subbed up just to play the server because it's got to be a lot. I mean, the servers are just getting hammered and you just kind of have to sit there and click to get in and, you know, click, close the pop-up saying that it's full, click, close the pop-up saying it's getting full until you actually do get in. But I think now that they're, they're working on a, a queuing system or they've actually just implemented it in. I haven't tried today. So hopefully that will alleviate those problems. But so far, so good. Uh, like I said, I've just been playing the cleric. I've got him up to level 10. It's just been a lot of craziness and, and craziness and mayhem over there. Just tons of people running around all over the place. It's awesome to see that many people running around in EverQuest. So yeah, I made my way through Nectilo's Forest. Um, ended up getting a group out in the common lands, killing some some derves, some cutthroats. Got myself up to level 10 uh, within a couple of days. It's very fast, much faster than Project 1999, but I'm almost okay with it. Uh, it makes for a nice side game experience because, you know, with Project 1999, I'm really focusing on that Shadow Knight and I'm enjoying the leveling up process on there. And I, I kind of want it to be a slower game on 99 as opposed to the main EverQuest, which is, I really feel like we're probably only going to be there a couple months, you know, me and my group of friends, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, well, I think it's time that we got on the road with this show and got to what you all want to hear about and what I want to talk about and what my buddy wants to talk about, and that would be The Witcher 3. So for this segment, I wanted to bring in a buddy of mine, a very special guest. He's uh, one of my fellow co-hosts for the Sandbox podcast. It's my buddy, Nate Trial. What's up, dude? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, definitely. So I figured The Witcher was is a pretty big deal right now, and uh, it's kind of a uh, kind of a scary thing to try and tackle alone. So I figured I'd bring you on since you probably have a little bit more knowledge into The Witcher than I do. Because if I'm correct, you've played through the first game and probably most of the second game, right? Yeah, I beat one, and I played probably uh, half of two. Okay, that's cool. I've I've never tried one. And I could not get in to The Witcher 2, man. I've, I always got to the end of, uh, of that first, like, siege area, you know? And then once you get to the town, when you're walking and the elves attack right. you and you get to that town, and once you get there, it, it just faded for me. Like, it wasn't exciting. It was just kind of boring. And I, so I couldn't get into it. But uh, it, fa it faded for me there, too. Really? Yeah, I put it down for like half a year and came back and got through Act 1 and then quit again. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's just, it. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not talking Witcher 2 today. I want to talk some Witcher 3 because this game has the magic sauce, dude. Oh, yeah. Sure. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's all I've been thinking about, like for the last, I don't know, since it came out four days, three days, something like that. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So, well, yeah, the, the world is so, uh, like dark and gritty and lots of grays. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of like, black or white in the witcher games right and uh this game dumps you in that world much better than one or two did yeah it's pretty captivating just right from the beginning um i guess going into this we should probably talk if, if no one's played any witcher games yet uh i don't know what's going on you should get witcher 3 but what is a witcher so a witcher is is basically like a mercenary right he's part of a guild they're like a, a guild of monster hunters Right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. They, they've like taken these mutagenic things that mm -hmm. make them powerful 
and that almost makes them not human. Yeah, because they, they transform their body and then they hunt monsters for money. Yeah, and it like it it alters them. Uh, I guess you know they can see in the dark and they have like super heightened senses. They're kind of superheroish, but at the same time they're not. I mean they're noble, but they're also very much about you know getting paid for their work and not being um you know just just helping for for the sake of helping. Yeah, they kind of have this code they follow, and mm-hmm. they can be good guys, but they're kind of good guys for hire mm-hmm. and there's so few of them so they're, they're kind of a rarity in the world too you know there's not a bunch of them yeah so in well going about the code so in preparation for this game coming out i decided to check out the books because it's based on a series of books and i went on audible and they have the first book on audible and so i used one of my credits to pick that up and i've been listening to it and it's kind of a collection of short stories it's called the last wish and um it takes place the you're I think you're helping King Foltest with his daughter or something like that in the in the beginning of this book, and um, yeah, that's in Witcher One. Is but it? Witcher, well, Witcher One kind of says, "Oh, she's got the uh, beast thing again." Oh, it and comes so back. Knock, so you knock it back out of her. Okay, yeah. So this takes place all before that. So yeah. um, what happens is you fight her, and then in the book, he, Geralt fights her and becomes injured, and then he's kind of laying in a, in a hospital for a few days and people come in and visit him and then he kind of goes into these stories of the past based on the people he's talking to and um each one's like its own little self-contained adventure it almost reminds me of the conan books a little bit you know conan is just a bunch of yeah. like these weird like segmented adventures so when you t- there's one point that you, why i'm talking about this is because you mentioned the, the witcher code and in the book he talks about saying there's no witcher code written down I made up my own code and this is just what I follow, you know? So each, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So each witcher kind of like takes what they learned from the witcher that trained them and, and just modifies the code to their own liking, you know, but it's not documented. Yeah. Like, well, in the second game, the, another witcher is a straight up bad guy. And the first game, another one's kind of like sort of a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So I guess they don't all have to be like Geralt where they're mostly good, you know? Yeah. And I've never read the books. There's, there's like five of them, but they all Seven. take place before the games. Yeah. So the the first two books are um sh- uh, like a collaboration or a collection of short stories, and then the last five is one big story arc, from what I understand. Now, most of them are well. There's only what five of them that have been translated to English. The last two haven't. No, I think it's worse than that. I think it there's okay one short story, and then five of the saga, and the last two of the saga aren't translated. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully they get on that. Cause I, after reading this first book or just listening to it on audible, like I can't wait for the next one there. It's such good storytelling in the writing. It it almost reminds me of like, like a cross between Conan and Harry Potter. It's, okay. It's very, it's very Harry Potterish when you're, when you're listening to it, it's, it's <laughs> kind of strange just the way the world is built with the monsters and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. They won't wonder, this helps the games because there, there's a lot of lore for them to draw on and a very nice universe that they've made into a game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you have to read these books. Nope. Play, have played one or two to enjoy three. Now, I'm saying that because I played one and two, so I don't know for sure. Maybe your perspective is better at that. But it seems like they do a better job with three and, and allowing new players to come in and enjoy the game than two. Because two is like, 
here's some crazy shit right away with all this political intrigue happening. Mm-hmm. It's like right out the door. This game kind of, it's still pretty quick, but it slowly uh, adjusts you to the to the environment like better than two did. Yeah, so I mean, going going into this one for me, without playing Witcher one or two, and just kind of like listening to that short story um, book book a few days prior. Um, I mean, I feel right at home. I don't feel like I'm. I don't understand things. Um, you know, they do a really good job just kind of introducing the world and and as far as I've gotten into the game i mean i just beat the first area which is white orchard i just got out of that so i haven't gotten any farther than that but i tried to do everything um so yeah i'm doing the same thing it's going to take me hundreds of hours to beat this game because i'm obsessively doing everything yeah yeah I, i i see myself going the same way i mean some people are saying it's like 200 hours you know um Going into it first, I mean, yeah, before I dump a bunch of praise all over The Witcher 3 because it's just amazing, uh, there are a couple nitpicks that have been bothering me. I don't know if you've had any of these things, but the game has kind of started crashing on me a couple times on the PC. Uh, it, yeah, well, we're, I guess I'm playing mine on the computer. It's Supposedly, it's the same way in, in everywhere. On the consoles, Actually, they're having the problems too? I think so. Uh, it's definitely crashing for me, which is kind of expected because even like Dragon Age Inquisition would crash on me. But The Witcher, I'm getting crashes more often, probably like once a game session. Really? See, I've I never had a crash for like the first two or three days until they introduced the new stability patch. And then all of a sudden, um, I've had it lock my entire computer up at one point, and then and then a couple of just crashed desktops. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's way worse than me. Uh, and it, okay, so also this game is saving a whole lot more than one or two did. Oh, does it? Yeah, I was playing two before three came out, and I would lose like two hours of work. Oh man! See, I figured out that they don't say it anywhere in the in the options or anything, but quick save is F five. So anytime okay. I do anything, I, I'm hitting F five like religiously because yeah, if it does crash, I've had cases where it crashed and I lost about thirty minutes worth of just kind of running around and looting dead bodies all over some battlefield, you know. Um. It seems to always be like a major event. An explosion goes off, a cutscene starts, mm-hmm. some kind of triggered event, like a script event, and that's when it would crash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I kind of give it a little bit of leeway because, you know, it's coming from a game like Skyrim, which was like one of my favorite games of all time, that game was buggy as all hell. And I almost wonder, when you're making a game this big, like... It just seems so easy to have bugs. You know what I mean? Like, how could you not have bugs when there's that much data, you know, that much code, that much just scripting and, and anything could just get crisscrossed here and all of a sudden it's like a problem, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and this is mostly, uh, it's pretty playable. It's oh, not yeah. like the game itself is broken. It's just, you get a crash here or there. Yeah. It doesn't feel broken, you know? No, no, definitely not. Um, the other thing that kind of bugs me a little bit, and I won't tinge on this too long, is just, uh, do you feel like, the, would you play with a mouse and keyboard or a controller? I'm playing with a mouse and keyboard. Okay, see, I'm playing with an Xbox controller. Okay. And I've noticed that I feel like the, the movement of, the, of Geralt with the analog stick is kind of jerky. Like... It's almost like it takes a second for him to move, and then all of a sudden it's like, move really fast. It's and the same way on the on the keyboard and mouse. It's like, he's almost, there's like a momentum he's got to build. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it kicks in, you're going. Yeah, it's like lightning mode. And this, I, I always end up like missing 
I'm trying to loot something on the ground and I end up running over it like four or five times before I can line up properly to get it. So, yeah, I just spam E a bunch while I'm passing things. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten in the habit of doing that too. Hopefully- I kind of I like though, like when you're on the horse and you're, and you're riding in the horse, mm-hmm. it'll slightly weave in and out of like trees and stuff. Oh, does it? See, I, I haven't noticed that because I'm always getting stuck on shit. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like it. It's uh, You kind of get used to it after you play it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it is an odd design choice because you'd rather it be, uh, I don't know, maybe something like Kingdoms of Amalur or yeah, maybe. like a really good action game where you're one-to-one controls. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a little bit smoother. It almost reminds me of, of uh, you ever play the old Resident Evils on PlayStation 1? Those always had really confusing controllers. Because yeah. it was like, no matter which direction you were facing, you could be facing down on the screen, but up was still forward. And it's it, oh yeah, it's yeah. not that bad, but it's like it, <laughs> no. it kind of reminds me of that sometimes when I get uh, in a bad position. They've made some really good uh, design decisions this time. Like now you can heal while while doing stuff. You can use your potions. Yeah, no, I mean, oh. and I I almost feel like maybe that's part of the reason why uh, I like this more than Witcher Two because I felt like Witcher Two, you almost had to take yourself completely out of the game to prepare for any battle. You had to sit down, meditate, brew potions, take the potions. Uh, you know, and then fight for a little bit, and it was yeah, it was almost just too slow or something now like it, that. It does reward you if you if you plan. So like, uh, it, it has a good way of introducing it to you too. That first ghost fight, mm-hmm. um, you get when you fight the ghost, it like it kicks your ass, and then you realize, oh, if I use the uh, specter oil, and I cast the yard symbol, it's weak to that. Mm-hmm. So every animal or mob in the game has a weakness, and you know, humans, you want your steel sword, and demons and monsters, you want your silver sword. Yeah. Uh, so if you do all those things right, your fights go a lot smoother, and you can take on things uh, maybe that are too hard, that are harder than you would expect, you know? Yeah, you know what's funny is I, be- I beat that quest that you're talking about without, like, <laughs> without pre- preparing, <laughs> and it was crazy hard. Because I didn't, I I couldn't, I didn't find that little red flower that you needed to make the 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 oil to fight her, and so oh, okay. I just was like, oh, maybe it's just not here right now, or maybe it's later in the game. I picked that up, so I just fought well, without it. You want to go to the herbalist uh, for stuff like that and buy it. it. It seems like you only have to craft it once. Yeah, now. yeah, and, and then and then it refills by by taking alcohol out of your inventory uh, when you meditate. So. Yeah, that's that's new. I I kind of want some UI stuff to come down the road. Maybe like, uh, what like a different tab for the alchemy ingredients we no longer need. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that'd be like, nice because I'm carrying a shit ton of stuff right now, and I have no idea like what I need, what I don't need. I'm got like books and papers all in my inventory. <laughs> like, yeah, so <laughs> it's a definitely a loot heavy game. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But it's cool, man. I, I'm I'm like I'm so into this right now. I'm it's I'm thinking it might be a contender for like favorite game of all time. Well, it's just like it just seems so rewarding to to not stick to the main quest. You can kind of like all the side stuff is really really good. Yeah. Now I don't know if that, if that's consistent for the entire game, but at least this first uh, twenty hours, it's a. Uh, uh, the side stories are almost as good as a main. Oh or yeah, better. I mean, I hope it's. I hope it's. I hope it stays the same way because it's going to drive me crazy if it does. But at the same time, it, it's it's awesome because I did everything in uh, 
in White Orchard before actually even like going to the second part of the the, the beginning quest where you have to talk to people to like find the person oh, you're looking for. I just wandered off in the woods and just kind of did this big loop around the entire map. And um, I hit the uh, in in the game in the cities there are these bulletin boards. You go up to the bulletin boards and they're like notes posted on there. You could take the notes and some of them will put little question marks on your map and for point of interest. And usually there's like a bandit camp there or a temple or a shrine or something, you know, or just interesting stuff to to go do. So it's almost like quests, but without being quests, you know. Yeah, I, I, well, you're running to stuff randomly too. You yeah. Know? Like uh, I got this one quest to get. Uh, some kind of sword. I had to get the pieces for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you make it the uh, serpentine sword? I made both serpentine swords. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, which was a that's a pretty big task and a nice upgrade. You know what's weird uh, though? By the time that because I was just doing everything and I was dismantling all kinds of stuff. By the time I actually found the guy who can make the sword for you in White Orchard, I had everything. Oh, so, yeah, I, I had enough for one of them, not both. Yeah. So I had to go farm some more stuff to get it. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of inventory neurotic in that I don't want to get rid of anything. So I'm just like holding on to everything as much as I can because I never know what I'm going to need or if there's something that's going to come up later. Um, you can deconstruct a lot of stuff too. Yeah. You know what? And I'll go, I'll throw that in my last nitpick is that, <laughs> man, I sat there and I deconstructed everything. And at some point I didn't realize that I was like, deconstruct reconstructing things back and forth <laughs> you're in a deconstruction loop yeah i got in a loop yeah. of it and i ended up spending like 700 gold like all oh, my yeah. money was gone i was like what what's going on here and then before i realized you know and then of course i thankfully i saved right before that and i just reloaded my save and said you know screw that business i ain't gonna do that again but um that's my last nitpick for the game yeah there's really not a lot to nitpick at least i don't think not like there is with the uh, two and one. Uh, this is definitely game of the year. Oh, without uh, without a doubt. Um, I mean, just just graphically, you, you know. I just sit there. Have you ever had? You, I'm sure you have. Like, there's one time where I walked out of the inn, and and it was like kind of rainy outside, and it was windy, but the sun was kind of peeking through the clouds, like through the trees. And when the wind blows in this game. Like the trees are howling and they're whipping over and like oh if a storm hits it is so awesome oh looking oh my god it's it's crazy I've never seen a game with this level of detail just to the environment well, and the world and then like go in somewhere and you can see the storm happening outside still yeah awesome it's uh, it's crazy the only, the only thing I can say is like the the foliage looks nice but does it have like a painted feel to you I'm I'm wondering if it's my graphics card uh, painted what do you mean. Almost like uh, they're flat, they're flatter textured without like a lot of depth to the foliage, like the mm. grass and the flowers and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. I haven't really noticed that specifically. I mean, it it does seem very colorful. The world, you know, like to me, if you want to say it looks like a painting, but um, no, I mean, I mean the textures to me look amazing. So I'm I'm running the game on. I've got 16 gigs of RAM, uh, i7. And a GTX NVIDIA GTX 980 super clocked, and I'm running the game on, I think max settings. I think it's max settings, and it runs amazing. Like, ma- yeah, we got a similar computer. I've got a 770 though, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm probably on like high. I, what what you consider high? You're on high. I'll let G- yeah, yeah. I'll let, I'll let GeForce Experience 
set it for me. It's kind of it's not really high. It's kind of like tweaking a couple things. Mm-hmm. The uh, the hair, if you turn that off, the hair work stuff. Yeah, it's a big uh, like a resource hog. Is it oh, okay? Yeah. I just I left it on. I just turned everything up, and I'm like, well, I'll see how this thing runs. And there are some moments where it'll the frame rate will skip a, 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 a quick bit, you know, and I don't know if I'm necessarily running at pure 60 frames a second, but I would say it's somewhere between 30 and 60 and it looks fluid for the most part. Yeah. I'm between 40 and 50 mm-hmm. on mine. So maybe with a new graphics card, I would get 60 plus, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I th- I'm I, not getting any kind of hitching. It definitely runs nice. Yeah. I, I, I think this is probably the best looking game ever made. I don't know about that. I, I can't it think is. of anything that looks better. I mean, Skyrim looks good. Skyrim looks amazing, but you have to like put on a bunch of E&B and mods and all that stuff. Like what else What else is out there that looks this good? Uh, maybe maybe something not so open. Like like The Last of Us Remastered was amazing. Oh, looking. yeah. Last of Us is really, really good. Uh, just things that are more like... Uh, not so, because with a big open world, they have a hard time really pushing it to the to the limit, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, it definitely is good looking, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, hats off to the guys over at CD Projekt Red, man. They, you could tell they 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 handled this game with care. Oh, the the children, they're like all creepy. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> yeah. I that's I don't know what it is about the kids in this game, but they are they're not modeled like kids. No, no. yeah, they look like weird. small adults. Mm-hmm. That's it's like a lot of games do that too, but yeah, yeah. creepy and they they make they say th- weird things to you when you walk by and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I don't want to go really much into spoilers or anything for this because obviously you know probably a lot of people haven't gotten too far into it. Um, I haven't even gotten too far into it. How how far are you? Uh, so I am probably store wise the same place you are. Because I, I'm past White Orchard, uh-huh. which is kind of a nice way to start the game. White Orchard is a uh, self-contained mini Witcher Three. Yeah. Uh, although it's big, but you'll you'll hit the boundaries a lot sooner in White Orchard. Yeah. You, and uh, I will say that's one thing that kind of jarred me the first time uh, is when I hit the edge of the, the the zone there, and I was like, "Well, that's kind of strange. Like, I thought this was supposed to be a huge open world." Um, but then I then I realized like no this is not the whole game this is like yeah this is uh this is just a tiny bit this is a little little baby baby Witcher you know and yeah I, I was approaching overwhelmness uh in that and then I realized okay that's not even early because that there's like one notice board uh-huh and when you get to the next zone there's five or six but then you know on, on your little map yeah and and you know what's crazy is that 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 instance of of white orchard i mean i think i spent eight to ten hours playing through that and uh because i was just doing every possible thing um there are there are whole games that are like eight to ten hours you know yeah i, think- I just beat uh the order on ps4 and that was six to eight hours yeah and i think i think batman arkham asylum the first one i think that game was like 10 15 hours something like yeah. that like you know so it's it as small as it is i mean that that could be considered its own little game and it would be good uh, and it was all so good see most open world games are like there's a part of them that are good mm-hmm. and it's just so much filler that isn't interesting yeah or or isn't fun and and this game at least so far has not been that way yeah you know compared to like dragon age uh dragon age what is 
Inquisition, the most recent one. See, I, oh, yeah. I was so excited for that game, like just ridiculously excited because Dragon Age Origins was one of my favorite games ever. Uh, and it just, it failed to grab me. I mean, I don't know what it is. Well, the second you're off that main storyline, it's boring as shit. Yeah, because you're just running around the woods and, and there's constant respawns of like, you know, little camps. And, and I, it was just... I don't know. It just didn't have what I was looking for, and The Witcher 3 has it. I Just something in there that just makes it amazing, and it's like, all I think about right now is just Witcher 3. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm having a hard time uh, uh, trying to play this and like an MMO, because, mm-hmm. you know, we like MMOs a lot, and I want to play The Witcher 3, so I've, I've got to juggle these things, you know, and right, at least right now, Witcher 3 is winning hands down. Uh, so I feel like I'm falling behind on the normal kinds of games I play. Oh and, yeah, man. I'm I'm trying to juggle this between the EverQuest progression server and it's just I'm falling behind all my friends on that game because we're all trying to stay leveled at the same pace, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm only like level four. Oh well, I'm ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got that. Yeah. <laughs> um what do you think about the combat? Like the just the the, the fluidity of the combat in The Witcher. Uh, it is, um, it's probably the best version of combat they've had Mm -hmm. because one was like click, 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 you know, hold click. So awkward Diablo type of system. Two is just bad combat. Um, yeah, it wasn't at all. And this one is really, I I don't know. It's good. It's kind of simple. Yeah. It feels really easy to me. Um, I'm playing on the normal difficulty setting and it just feels like I've been faced with a couple of challenges, but the only real challenge to me was this one wraith that I came upon in a tomb and it was tight quarters and it killed me a couple times because if it hits you, you know, you just get wiped. But that was before I realized, you know, to use my, my shield uh, sign or whatever. Oh yeah. I I ran into Mm -hmm. some bug that was like level 12 when I was level five or four and, uh, I could not kill it, Yeah, but it was obviously like three times my level. Yeah. Um, yeah, I may move the game to that second from the highest, uh, which I think requires. I don't think you can heal for meditation. Right. Yeah, they take away stuff as you go up, so there's no health regeneration for meditation. Yeah, and that may make it just to where you got to actually have the right oil on your blade, mm-hmm. have use the right sign per which mob you're fighting. Yeah, be a little bit that more may, tactical. Yeah, that may make it a little more interesting. I'll try it and. If it's not fun, I'll, I'll switch back. I'm still enjoying the story, so I don't want to get bogged down with trying to make the combat super hard. Yeah, the story is just so good in this game. It's 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 like like I said, man. It's just this weird thing. It feel it, it feels like Conan and Harry Potter and Game of Thrones kind of all mixed in together, and it's just very very uh, unique for being just a high fantasy game. It feels different than everything else. Well, the main story really hasn't grabbed me yet. But all the side stuff is, which is always weird because the main story in these games or any game like this is uh, usually epic and important. Mm-hmm. And then how do you how do you have that and then have side quests that you have time for? Right. Um, and I'm, so I'm worried that as the story main story like gets intense, it gets intensifies that all these side quests will feel more awkward. I hope not. 
Uh, although I have heard some people say that it, it feels weird because the main story feels like it's super important. And, you know, why would I go off and just do these little side quests when I feel like time, the talk, the clock is ticking on these uh, main storyline? But, you know, from what I've seen of it so far, I feel like the main story is going to be really good. Um, the, the whole thing with the wild hunt, I didn't understand what that was until I started playing the game. You know, I thought the wild hunt was sort of some competition for witchers or something like that. When actually it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like this legion of like undead things coming to take people away or something, right? Yeah, uh, it wasn't in two, maybe in the back half of two. It was in parts of one. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's kind of like this evil force that's sweeping through the world. And uh, well, it's going to get the forefront of the story of this game. So I guess we'll know more about it as we play it. Yeah, I was almost getting like a Darkspawn uh, Dragon Age vibe from it or something, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the other thing. It's, it's like the elves are are you you want to side with them uh -huh. because they're so mistreated, mm -hmm. but then they do such awful thing to humans that I never side with them, and then I feel bad for not doing it. <laughs> oh, that's it's like no easy decision. Yeah, that's the other know? thing that they do is man, they put some some good decisions in these quests up against you know they you got to figure it out, and some of them are timed. Like you got to make a quick quick decision because the little the little meter's going down yeah and it could oh man sometimes it gets have stressful you, have you done the the werewolf quest in the second the past white orchard you may not have got to it yet. no i literally just got out of white orchard yeah you're, you're gonna hit it pretty soon and i struggle with that i like i hit escape thought about it for five minutes and then did my answer <laughs> <laughs> oh. and it and, and then i went and watched a uh like a video of it you uh -huh. know so I, I wanted to see what the other option was. Yeah. I don't want to go back and play it again. And he did the other way. And I was like, man, that's so different. Like mine played out completely different. Yeah. I'm curious how these small decisions will play into the game later. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, hopefully it's awesome. Hopefully that things that you do in the beginning will end up affecting you later in the game. Cause that would be, it's getting real chrono trigger, you know? Um, yeah. But I think it's going to require like, two or three playthroughs just to see everything. I don't think you can 100% it at all. Yeah, like you see these kids, do you give them bread or do you like not do anything with them and then late, maybe later on those kids you gave bread, will they help you? Yeah, I'm kind of curious how that kind of stuff plays out. They'll you know? probably just bring more kids for bread. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, next thing you know, they're stealing your coin purse and chasing them through the city. I don't know, man. All right. Well, do you have anything else that you want to talk about for The Witcher? No, I mean, it's a great game. Uh, let's uh, let's stop uh, recording so I can go play it more. Yeah, that sounds good, man. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, Nate, you can find him over on Twitter, at Nate Trial. And hopefully we'll be getting out another episode of The Sandbox soon, as soon as cool it gets back from Mexico. Oh, yeah. Well, I have stuff to talk about for sure. Definitely. All right, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. Take it easy. All right. No problem. Later, man. Well, that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and downloading. If you have any questions or want to get a hold of me, please give me a, send me an email at uh, sandboxquint at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at sandboxquint. And, of course, the website is dingingout.com. Also, I've been doing some, some uh, live streaming lately, so you can find that at twitch.tv slash sandboxquint. So thanks again. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And have a great couple of weeks.